Greetings, fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension. This is the greatest show in the galaxy. Happy New Year from uh, me and Emma. And uh, it's time to let the 12th Doctor go. Yeah. First of all, we're going to start off with an email from Mr. Shane Thomas. What's up, Shane? Good friend of the show. And he says, the following are thoughts from Twice Upon a Time. Uh, Moffat appeared to be repeating what he did in the day of the Doctor, using an old Doctor to represent the fans from the 60s and 70s. Right. Yep. Uh, while I get what he was trying to do, it meant that the first Doctor came out as a bigoted granddad rather than the last of the Time Lords. Young fans were given no reason to appreciate what was so great about him, and it's a waste of an actor like David Bradley. Yeah, this is going to be a point I'll come on to, but yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. He says, uh, if nothing else, could they have had it been the first Doctor idea to return Lethbridge Stewart to Christmas Day in 1914 instead of the 12th? Did he do a single heroic thing in the episode? I don't mind portraying him as a little behind the times, but that shouldn't be the whole character. He's still the Doctor and he should still be a hero. The -hmm. Doctor's refusal to change mirrored the fans who don't want the show to change. Either we change and go on or we die as we are. All the way down to the first Doctor admitting that he's fearful to change, which I suspect where Moffat believes all prejudice stems from. Right. Mark Gatiss' character seemed to be the proxy for all the people who only ever watched the Christmas special after having one drink too many. His inclusion felt self-indulgent, casting him just to cast him. He also says, was the German soldier played by Toby Whithouse? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Which got uh, Moffat uh, chuckling a bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not for the first time, this episode suffered by Moffat trying to force too much into one story. Bill's return, the good Dalek testimony, World War One and Christmas, dealing with notions of life, death and regeneration, and an adventure with two doctors. There's enough for at least three episodes here. Far too often, Moffat couldn't decide on one narrative. While it had plenty of good things, it felt a bit like Christmas lunch. Very tasty, but far too excessive. Rather than feeling full, you feel a bit bloated at the end of it. Mm-hmm. He closes off by saying, Even though it was only for a few seconds, Whitaker's in- introduction felt perfect, although it is a little bit concerning that they may be setting up for a first episode to be about the TARDIS immediately rejecting her. I hope I'm worrying over nothing, and if the TARDIS is rejecting it, that it's nothing to do with agenda. Yeah. Um, do you know what? It's uh, it's something I was going to bring up sort of later in the show, but mm-hmm. I, I feel, you know, is that the end of the email? Cause, yes, um, that's, that's, that's very it, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, thanks very much for that, Shane, because actually that gives me a, an interesting point to jump off from with this, mm-hmm. um, because on Christmas Day, I had a, a DM on Twitter from a mate um, who's known around CNBC syndicated parts, which is Toxic Death, is Andrew. Yeah. Um, he's uh, not a huge fan, but um, he did feel the need. To, he, I mean, one of these people who checks out the Christmas episode or the odd episode here and there mm. and email it's out of the blue tweeted me about the exact same thing mm. um that is this a refer you know is this a referral to her you know the doctor is now a she um the TARDIS rejecting her mm. um I would suggest you remove the R it's ejecting her, not rejecting her, because obviously yeah. the console room is about to go up in flames. So you kind of don't want your pilot, you know, to go down with you. Yeah. Um, also, what I think people didn't realize, or some people didn't realize, is having not watched the show very much, mm-hmm. is this is not the first time this is the reaction of the TARDIS. I would say, see the 11th Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And every regeneration. Um, since the series returned, the Doctor crashes the TARDIS. <laughs> this is nothing new. <laughs> but what? Well, what is new is that now, obviously, we've had a gender switch. Is now every thing is being viewed with a prism? Of, is, is this a rejection of her gender? No. Oh, God. No. The so problem is now. It, this is what <laughs> worried me about this from Jump Street. Essentially, mm-hmm. is that every 
little thing yeah. is seen as a referendum on her. Mm-hmm. Where it's really not. It's just what the show does. This is yeah. a, a trope of the show. Yeah. Not, oh, look, the TARDIS doesn't like her anymore. No. But unfortunately, I think we're going to be, not just us, but I mean, the show, fans the fan community mm-hmm. is going to be having these debates about every single little thing that happens. Yep. So this is, this is the start of it essentially. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would sort of hope that, you know, the longer that she stays with the show and we more get used to it, that this won't keep coming up. But I feel like we're, we're going to keep having this, this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like this is going to be, um, kind of our future uh, i mean i'm not saying that this is a bad thing and we should go back to a dude and i'm not saying any of that at all before people mm. you know uh yell at me but i'm just sort of thinking that you know it's gonna be um a lot of this yeah it's gonna be a recurring theme i think uh going forward unfortunately um yeah but we'll weather that storm when it uh, arrives properly yeah, we'll 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 cross that bridge when we come to it. But I just think that this this sort of signifies the, you yeah. know, and, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I don't want to feel like Andrew felt like is out of order for asking questions. I encourage mm. questions. I yeah, will answer fine. them. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just, I, you know, I just thought that when when I saw that scene and then I, you know, Twitter lit up and I was like, oh boy, mm-hmm. here it comes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so we'll we'll put that we'll park that to one side. But I just feel like that this is. Uh, this ain't going to be the first time and it ain't going to be the last. No. So, no. yeah. But um, actually, I think that in a way, I kind of wish we read Shane's email last. Yeah. Because um, um, we he kind of hit on a lot of points that it was one of those things. This episode was like, I was watched it and when I watched it, I thought it was fine. But then mm. the more I thought about it, the less I liked it. Mm. Um, and I've sort of forced come, to come to the conclusion that I didn't like this episode at all. Yeah. I... I felt the same, but then I actually yeah. watched it like just now before we started recording. And I don't know, I kind of like come off it a little bit better. It's certainly not one of the best mm. ones. Right. And I think probably... Hmm. See, I don't want to say it was bad. I liked it no, fine. Well, but yeah. there are some things where it's sort of like, we didn't really need... I think I think a lot of people sort of like see this as a bit of a mixed bag. I think mixed bag is kind of generous to it. I mean, mm. uh, uh, yeah, okay. So mixed bag is, is is fine. I think that, like we always, when we 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 don't particularly get into these episodes, and it's something mm-hmm. that we talked about when we we episodes like um, Pyramid at the end of the world in in series ten. Yeah. Um, that what holds up series 10 is the performances. Yeah. I can't criticize anybody, and especially David Bradley. David Bradley was incredible as mm. the, the fact that he i mean because obviously I, i'm gonna get on to what he was asked to do as the first doctor yeah. um but as as his look his voice mm-hmm. his mannerisms mm-hmm. he was william hartnell and mm. i mean we we both expressed that okay yes he did a very good william hartnell mm-hmm. in adventure in space and time but can he be the first doctor and i mm-hmm. think he sort of answered that in that yes he can yeah i i agree with that but i do have a slight but there was yes. quite a few times where he had these pauses in his speech and i thought i mean obviously i haven't seen all of hartnell's tenure because a lot of it doesn't exist but i was gonna say you can't yeah yeah the, but the, sorry, some of the pauses he put in 
um, during his lines. I don't. I don't know. It seemed. It took me out a little bit. Of, a little bit because I. I don't remember Hartnell doing that. He certainly had like a certain like staccato rhythm to the way he spoke in like some, mm-hmm. especially when he's like being grumpy. But I. I don't know. It seemed. It's hard for me to try and explain, but you know what I mean? It's like the, those pauses just didn't seem particularly Hartnell-ish. Well, it's that thing of, like, when you do a caricature, not a caricature of someone, when you do an impression of someone, yeah, that's you, pick kind of out, what, yeah. you pick out the idiosyncrasies, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, so, for example, I've heard Boz do an imitation on Here Goes Nothing of my accent. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> when he does me... <laughs> um. It it's obviously it's it's a case of you pick out the things about my voice mm-hmm. that signify me to someone who isn't listening to me but listening to someone do an impression of me. Yeah. And that's what Brad, David Bradley did. Mm-hmm. Um so when you watch William Hartnell's performance and you when you but when you I feel like there's the problem is with William Hartnell is he's quite I don't want to say chameleonic, but there's episodes where it's difficult to get two episodes where he's exactly the same both times. Yeah, he's variable. Yeah. He's variable, so and it depends on you know. Does he like the script? Does he mm-hmm. feel like doing this today? So it's like depending on what he watched. It, I mean, because you can't expect David yeah. Bradley to maybe watch everything that William Hartnell did as no. the Doctor. No, so no. what you know? So I don't know if they gave him a D, like a greatest hits DVD, uh. and he's watched it and he's picked out that these pauses are a thing that he does, mm. and so that's what he's folded into his his attempt at the first doctor yeah now the problem is for me is that i don't really recognize this first doctor as the doctor mm. i think that i don't know if i think this is a moffat problem because mm. i feel like in this episode because he's faced you know probably fairly justified accusations of being quite sexist and mm. things like that i feel like he sort of had to he was sort of not being spiteful about it, but he sort of turned that round and saying, look how woke I am, kids. Yeah. You know, here's, here's my doctor mm-hmm. up against this kind of sexist dinosaur, which yeah. the first doctor really wasn't. Um, no. So uh, the first doctor obviously was written in a time where gender politics was very different. Yeah. And what men did and what women did in that TARDIS was a reflection of the time it was written and the people who wrote it, you know, white men, essentially, Exactly. you know, so you have, you have, um, people who, you know, the men go off and fight and the women are back, you know, and they're doing the caring roles. They're making the coffee and all that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. And yes, we obviously this 50 years later is very, you know, it's not acceptable now, Mm. but, Unfortunately, I don't know whether sort of by design or just kind of laziness or what, Moffat's chosen to express that mm. by having the first Doctor say, well, you stay in and clean his TARDIS while we, the boys, go out and do something else. And that's just not what the first Doctor was no. like. No, 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 no. Um, quite agree. That That's probably the worst thing about the first Doctor in this. Not Dave, that's not yeah. David Bradley's fault, not at all. No, because he's doing what they asked him yeah. to do. And he's doing it like William Hartnell would mm. do it if he was asked to do that. Yeah. But he was never asked to do that. No, I mean the 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 lines. The, there was one line he said to he said to Bill is like after she calls the twelfth Doctor an ass. He says, "You know, yeah. any more lines that you get a jolly good spank bottom." Now that that actually is a line from Dark Invasion of Earth. The first Doctor said that to Susan. Yeah. But like things like getting Polly to clean the ship was like. I mean, obviously, again, we don't have all of their stories to go off of, but. 
you still don't get the sense that that was the sort of thing she did. No. I mean, yes. I mean, this is this is not just like, um, just for like the first Doctor. I mean, I remember like the I think it was like the Moon Base where the second Doctor says, "Oh, you know, we're having a bit of a problem." Said, "Maybe do you think you could go make some coffee, keep everybody happy?" And that was to Polly. Yeah. And then obviously you've got some of some of the way the third Doctor spoke to Joe. Yeah. Um, in that, that was a little bit, but to sort of lump it all, to like pin it all on the first Doctor, just seemed very wrong. Yeah, I mean, but... you can, I mean, you can understand. I can understand like um, the captain's sort of like because he's from nineteen fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. yeah, that's that's understandable. That's very much that would be within character for him, but it's not for the first Doctor. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, the first Doctor isn't a human; he's a Gallifreyan mm. and. They're not like us, so why would they have the same gender politics as us? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it sort of just makes it sound like he had some women around on the TARDIS as domestics. Yeah. I mean, um, um. It, it was just, it was far too exaggerated. And mm-hmm. it was, like I say, it just felt like a, a thing that Moffat was doing to sort of go, look how enlightened I am and look how enlightened my doctor is yeah. in opposition to that. And obviously... I just feel like there was there's such an, a missed open goal with this episode, right? Mm-hmm. In the, when we they meet each other, and obviously that they've sort you know the first Doctor is kind of works out you know or sort of starts to understand who this other person is, mm-hmm. and when they go on that the you know the ship and the uh, the, the uh, bird sort of says you know this is a Doctor of War. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to go down the thing of well I'm not regenerating because I don't want to become this. Yeah. And they decided not to go down that road. And I'm so confused as to why they didn't. Mm-hmm. Because surely, you know, the first Doctor who, you know, he sort of turns around to Bill and his stated aim of, of going out and travelling is, you know, I just want to see, I'm, I'm trying to understand why the, the universe tends toward good and things like that. Mm-hmm. Fine. But I don't understand why when confronted with what the doctor after, doctors after him do, mm-hmm wouldn't go well i'm definitely not regenerating now because i'm not having that <laughs> yeah exactly but, and i just thought we're we're just not gonna we're not gonna worry about that okay um mm. it, it's just such an it, it's just such an obvious way to take this story yeah. and for the 12th doctor to say look you know yeah we've had to do terrible things but this is you know this is all the joy we've brought and you know and then you've got the the captain there to mm-hmm. sort of use as a as a tool to explain that mm-hmm. because obviously coming from you know one of the greatest terrible pointless bloodbaths of the 20th century yep. um it's uh it's 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 so obvious to me and i don't understand why we didn't do it we just mm-hmm. ended up fanning around going to meet rusty of all things <laughs> and then not doing really very much yeah I mean, I, I kind of got the feeling that that was that uh, little conversation in Villengar between Bill and the first Doctor. He says, you know, when you look at it on paper, evil should prevail and all that. Like, that that's... I kind of feel like that should have been, like, the coda for the whole Doctor of War thing. Like, yeah. why, why doesn't the first Doctor... Have, even if he, like, doesn't, like, go, well, fuck it, I'm not regenerating. That should give him a crisis of confidence, though, shouldn't it? Like, yeah, like, she's like really proud in his conscience. Like, is this what I'm going to become? D- yeah, do I exactly. really want this? this? Yeah, and I mean, I you know the the and it would make sense for 
Bill, who is seeing what the Doctor has become, to be the one to say, you know, maybe it's just some bloke who's going around doing things. So, you know, maybe, like, she could have been the one to convince him. You know, maybe, like, 12 could have, like, spent some time trying to say, look, we're doing it, but obviously because they're the same person, you know, the first probably wouldn't, like, listen or have it. Do you know what I mean? And then you could have Bill, like, be the one to say, look, you know, yes, shit happens, very bad shit happens, but... At the, at, you know, it's the whole thing that 12 was about at the start of his tenure. Am I a good man? Yeah. And I think yeah, that could exactly. have really, sort of, they could have really played that off. That could have really bookended Peter Capaldi's time. But... Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I think that another thing that annoyed me about, slightly about this was mm. when we left the Doctor, mm. the whole idea of that he's doing this without hope, without witness, without reward. Yeah. And that he is doing this regardless that it's the right thing to do that yeah. after all this time he's come round like you say from his beginning as you know this very unsure mm-hmm. morally ambiguous didn't quite know his place anymore to coming back to sort of a very the most heroic you know do gooding if you will like the second doctor saying mm-hmm. you know there is a moral imperative in the universe i'm trying to do my bit mm-hmm. and i will do it regardless of if any, you know, and I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do, not because yeah. I get accolades. So I feel like this whole the, the thing, this sort of very self indulgent thing of if he gets his memory of Clara restored, he gets to hug Nardo and Bill. Mm. I just feel like you've kind of undermined that message, yeah, by rewarding him with the things that he said that it didn't matter if you get it or not. It shouldn't matter if you get those things or not. You should do it anyway. Mm. And it's nice for us, the audience. But when you think about it, it kind of takes away a bit of the 12th Doctor's power, almost. Mm. For me, anyway. I just felt like, you know, because if you're going to give him a reward of anyone, why the fuck would you give him Clara? (laughs) Because, you know, that's the thing that... that, the Twitterverse was hilarious. Where you know, it, just people going "fuck off, Clara." You know, going to give him anyone? Give him River. Yeah, River, or maybe it's even Susan or something. You know, I mean, a lot of people yeah. were expecting Susan to show up, but yeah. uh, especially like in the testimony ship. But we all knew the bill was coming back. So when it turned out to be her, then there wasn't really that much of a surprise. But yeah, what about River? You know, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not saying that Jenna Coleman shouldn't have had like a another no. send-off. She, like, she should not have, she had no right to be there or anything because, you know, Karen Gillan came back for uh, Matt Smith's departure episode. He, albeit briefly, is a brief cameo. So, you know, there's precedence and, you know, I'm not, t- I'm not trying to take that away from her but, again, no. you know, Clara was, Clara was done. Yeah. And, and I, I quite agree that, that maybe this, the 12th Doctor shouldn't have, like, got his memories of her back because that was, kind of the punishment he got from like so uh, i don't i don't want to say like encouraging her but you know what i mean it's like they, they'd sort of like become too too codependent yeah that they but they got into an unhealthy relationship mm-hmm. of this sort of codependency on the, on the adventure and things like that and that car had sort of come to think that she could get out of anything and yeah yeah, you yeah. Know, the whole the, hybrid thing yeah the hybrid thing, yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, I just felt like that by paying him off like this, it kind of, I, I think the, the the watchword with this episode is self-indulgence. Mm. And it's it's definitely sort of more 
I, I don't know who this is for, if you mm. see what I mean. is Because uh, I don't feel like the audience is going, oh, I wish he would remember Clara before he dies. Yeah. So I feel like, is this just a big sort of hand shandy for everybody who's going now? I mean, because obviously it's not just the case that Capaldi's leaving, it's kind of a whole sea change. Mm. So this is, everyone, this is everyone's last go. Yeah. So when everyone wants their payoff, it's mm-hmm. going to turn into just kind of a very saccharine thing. I mean, and um, you know, the kind of the inevitableness almost it felt like of this being a Lethbridge Stewart because um, yeah. Chuck well Chuck was sort of I didn't clock it till the end but Chuck sort of say, says that he clocked it when um, he mentioned Chroma yeah that's when I clocked yeah. I, I I mean before that I kind of had a suspicion I saw like I bet he's going to turn out to be a left mature but we'll see and then when yeah. Chroma came up it was like okay <laughs> I mean I'm not saying that was a bad idea I think it was quite but sweet doesn't just fuck the timeline though well, necess- is he meant to be dead? If that's his dad, I mean, if his dad isn't in his life for his when he's a kid, I mean, that's going to fuck you up, isn't it? And then it's yeah. going to influence your whole life choices. If your dad's around, I mean, I don't. Well, I can't remember. Did like the Brig ever like talk about his dad? I mean, probably not. No, because it cause been he's time. dead. <laughs> but have I ever told you about my deaf, dead dad, Benson? No, I mean, it's like <laughs> all right. But you know what I'm saying, though. It's like we we don't know about. You know, is this could it have been a case of this was the way it was always meant to happen? If that makes sense. Yeah, it was. He was meant. It was sort of a temple recursion thing. That he was meant to go back and save him. Yeah, or something um, like that. Yeah, but I mean, going back to Shane's email, the the bit about could it have been the first Doctor's idea to return him to the Christmas Armistice. Um, I don't know if I quite agree with that somehow. I don't. I think it's just, I, I think it's, for me, I it kind just, of feels like, hmm. can the first Doctor do anything? Yeah, I think that's. Can I he think have any agency he's in this story? There. Yeah, he's yeah. just there really to sort of like, I don't know, snipe at his future self and be a bit be sexist. sexist. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I, I kind of prefer that 12 did it because then it's sort of, you know, it changes the context of what the testimony says about the Doctor calling the Doctor of War. Instead of, like, being, you know, a bloke who calls himself the Doctor who sort of goes around messing things up to, for the greater good, um, he's the one who tries to make terrible situations better. Mm. And I think that would have had a better impression, left a better impression on the first Doctor. But then again, this is the first Doctor, as we seem. So like towards the end of William Hartnell's tenure. So yeah. it probably would have made more sense had this been the first Doctor, like circa an unearthly child, where he's yeah. not got the moral compass that he develops. Yeah. Does I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, Hartnell's Doctor, you know, he, he gets there, but there's still like some moments where he's sort of, like, the compass is all over the place. Do you know what I mean? In an unearthly child, he's quite prepared to stove someone's head in. Exactly, yes. Whereas, obviously, when we see him in the Tenth Planet, he's not like that anymore at all. No. Th- you know, things have changed him. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if it's because it's, there's such a there's such a gulf in time between the First Doctor and the Twelfth Doctor that mm. they're they're so completely different now. I mean, because yeah. that's the thing. Because obviously, William Hart, well, David Bradley is made up to look quite old and older than Peter, Peter Capaldi. Mm-hmm. You have to remember that watching this show, the First Doctor is like a baby compared to the Twelfth yeah. Doctor. So it's like you know you as a three-year-old being introduced to your 50-year-old self. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, it's 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 kind of that bigger gap. It's not like yeah. if you were fifteen meeting your twenty five year old self. Mm. If you see what I mean. Yeah. Um yeah, but I just I, I'm that's why I'm so confused by how they decided to do this episode because mm-hmm. like I say, they feel they feel like an obvious path they didn't take. Yeah. Because, um, like you say, had give the first Doctor the agency mm-hmm. to having at first been horrified by what he becomes, and then mm-hmm. therefore deciding that he, you know, doesn't maybe decided doesn't want to regenerate, or really think, you know, is this all worth it? Is mm-hmm. is my life worth where I end up with this man standing before me? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so give him some agency, and then be the one who says, right, I'll take him back. I'll make something better. That's my thing. I make little things better in a you know in a bad universe and things mm-hmm. like that. So you know, give him anything to do. Yeah, when you sort of like think about it, it's it's kind of it's it's self indulgent, but it's also kind of a waste. Yeah. It's like why did we need to have the first doctor oh, apart from like the the parallel of both the first doctor and the 12th doctor are reaching the the end of their first lives obviously we've got to remember 12th doctor's on his second regeneration cycle redecoration Mm. cycle what the fuck am i talking about redecoration cycle (laughs) yeah well you know you gotta gotta spruce up the tardis every now and again um so i mean apart from that parallel there's not that much i mean i don't even remember like in 10th planet you know um the first doctor not wanting to change it was just a case of it was knackered, you know? And, yeah. and at the time, regeneration wasn't the concept that we, you know, we Take know about today. Now. Yeah. It yeah. was, you know, it, the power of the Daleks calls it a renewal. So that's where you get the line where um, first says to 12, I'd assume I get younger. Because at the time, people just sort of thought, oh, it's still the Doctor. He's just like... youthened. Him. Yeah, he's just youthened himself. Mm. It wasn't like the full physical change that it is today absolutely um i think that maybe something else that it doesn't quite fl- make this episode fly is the fact that it you know there's no baddie i actually quite like that i quite like that sort of like reveal that it's not the test the testimony what they are do how they go about what they're doing seems pretty shady but it's yeah. actually it's actually quite as but you know this is from like the year five billion, so you know social norms and what's acceptable is bound to change. So, well, and, some, you and, know, and of course, yeah, they're also being run by computer, so they're just sort of like going, they're just doing right. We have this directive. How's the most efficient way we can do this directive? This is it. So it seems pretty shady as fuck, but it's actually quite sort of like benevolent, really. Do you know what I mean? It is. It is. Yeah, and I, and I well, like... it's upsetting for people, but it's yeah. yeah, it's absolutely what it, you're quite right, but yeah. It, it, it sort of feels like maybe Stephen Maffet watched watch like one, an episode of Black Mirror and thought, well, how can I do that? But it's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it seemed good to me, like, but until the other day when we were watching the pilot again. Yeah. That was a minute. It's like, a minute. I recognise this idea. <laughs> because it's the same thing. I mean, Heather mm. isn't a baddie in it. No. You know, and the pilot, it, the whole idea of her getting sucked into the puddle isn't really anyone's fault. Yeah. And she's not trying to hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. So it's like the same thing again. Mm. He's, he's a bit of gimmick recycling. Yeah. I mean, you, you're right, certainly, in that uh, in that instance. But it's not really the sort of thing that Doctor Who does very often. It's like there's the no. clear-cut villains. Um, and, you know, people who are a little bit morally ambiguous, but they're trying to do the right thing. Um, I think it just sort of, like, sticks out because, like you say, we've had this already this year. 
Yeah. And we're in a in episode that I feel lacks a lot of direction and mm-hmm. you, you kind of you kind of want a, a, an obvious baddie because we're trying to you know, we're we're taking the first doctor and saying, Look, mm. this is this is what it is and this is how you know, we run around and you know, the the twelfth doctor will go to insane lengths to try and fix it mm-hmm. to the point of going somewhere that's trying to kill him yeah. and then go and talk to a pissed off Dalek yeah. about um at the, at the, you know the very severe risk of his own life and hmm. so this again it should be a thing of like the first doctor kind of a, a you know a wake-up call and understanding yeah. so it, it behooves the story to have like an obvious boo hiss baddie mm-hmm. but it doesn't and i understand why because moffat decided to do that because obviously we want saying the first appears to be bad but now is good like mm-hmm. You know, like we want to talk about how the Doctor can maybe seem, Um, but in an episode that just kind of is there, it doesn't help you to do that Mm. for me. No, you're quite right. Um, I I mean, yeah, it was still like a a nice decision decision to do though, because it quite like um, the Twelve Doctors were actually like, well, I don't really know what to do. It's not an evil plan. (laughs) Yeah, I did like that. I mean, that's quite funny. Yeah, I mean, the Doctors are going, oh, okay, I guess. Um, I mean, I think, I think one of the, I I get the feeling that maybe Moffat didn't want to go with like a big sort of blowout regeneration episode because, you know, that was the last one. That was time of the Doctor, you know, you had the the 11th Doctor on his brand new, getting his brand new life cycle and then he's weaponizing his regeneration against the Daleks. You know what I mean? So I kind of like, I would understand if Moffat wanted to like bring it down a bit. Yeah. For this one, do you know what I mean? That's probably why we don't I, I, have no, it. No, I just, mm. I, I just feel like it's been, it sort of cost the episode. Yeah, I'm not saying direction. Was, I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying that they shouldn't, they, they should have like gone with a bit whizbang. I couldn't understand that. I'm just saying, I can understand why Moffat might want to like change the tone for this one rather than just like do big, sort like war story kind of like what, what time in the Doctor was. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Just trying to do something a bit so, different. I, I, I think I think that for me maybe the the best comparison for this is the end of the RTD Tenth Doctor era. Mm. The, you know the, the massive self indulgence of yeah. of the Tenth Doctor's departure. Mm. Um, that's what it feels like. Moffat has also done for yeah. me. Yeah, I mean the one thing I had read actually, um, which I don't know whether this had any influence. I, I suspect it had a lot of influence on it. Actually, now that I think about it, but. I think it was a, where it was either an interview. It was either a, an article on Digital Spy or it was uh, an interview by Digital Spy with Moffat. And the original plan was for Chibnall to do the Christmas episode introducing the Thirteenth Doctor, and that Peter Capaldi, uh, uh, his Doctor, would regenerate at the end of the Doctor Falls, and then he and Moffat mm. and the production crew associated would, you know, go their own ways, but. Chibnall didn't want to do that. And I think Moffat was also a bit concerned that, I don't know whether he like, the BBC had said this to him or where he had this like fear, but if they actually didn't do a Christmas episode, then the BBC would stop doing Doctor Who Christmas episodes altogether because right. of the scheduling and things like right. that. So I think I get the sense that this was sort of like done partly because... Like I say, Chibnall wasn't keen on doing it that way, and right. Moffat like felt the need to like put something out there. Do you know what I mean? Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, 
that sort of does make some sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, sort of looking at it like that. Um, yeah, it. But it, you know, he, he's, you still put this out. Do you know? What I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. What I mean. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Um, I, I understand if you if you did write it sort of under some duress because mm-hmm. you had to write something. Yeah. But I don't feel like it was. You can sort of use the 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 thing of like some things like fear her, where it was a rush job. Mm. Um, I, you know, I want to. I do want to. I don't want to sort of slam this entirely. I thought the production values of it were brilliant. Mm. I thought that the recreation of the first Doctor's TARDIS looked beautiful. Yeah. Um, you know, the, especially the lady they got in to play Polly was astonishing, mm-hmm. even though she only had a couple of lines. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I thought that the way that it was actually put together and made mm. it was great. And, you know, I, we've complained that what they made David Bradley do, mm-hmm. but I think just from his look and, you know, I think he's nailing it in yeah. to go, like you say, to go from being the man who played the character to the character are two mm-hmm. entirely different things. Yeah. So he's got to be applauded for that. I thought Peter Capaldi in this as well mm-hmm. was just, you know, great because that's what he does. Yeah. And so was Pearl Mackey as well. Yeah. Um, again sort of with what she got asked to do um so i don't want to slam this entirely but it does feel just a bit directionless and flabby and um some of stephen moffat's kind of most annoying character sort of habits as a writer kind of yeah came to the fore in this Mm -hmm. and i don't really think he's gonna i mean we're gonna talk about it at length in probably another episode but i think that this one kind of stacked up against the rest it really doesn't help in that narrative of like the peter capaldi's doctor was a great doctor hampered by his writer Mm. yeah or his showrunner i should say yeah that's very true but i think we we can't we we sort of like touched upon it at the start of this episode but we've got to talk about the woman of the hour jodie whittaker's introduction Oh, God, yeah. I mean, one line and, yeah. and everyone just goes crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I'm I'm so stoked to see her and yeah. I cannot wait to see her in, in full flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was like I, like watching it on Christmas Day um, and just like the, the when like the, you got like the smoke filled TARDIS and then you see the, the ring drop off her finger, which is a nice little mm-hmm. uh, callback to... William Hartnell to Patrick Troughton's regeneration, mm. um, and then she, the, the the pan up from the console to her like shocked face, and then she just breaks out of that smile, just oh brilliant! It's like yeah, yes, yeah. yes. But it's like we've known about her; she, she's been on the way since Wimbledon. But like, like to finally like see her and have that one, like even if just two words, it's just like yes. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited, mm-hmm. and I think that the, what the the really nice thing that came out of this episode was that everyone's really excited. Mm. Um, so I think that it's going in. You know, it, for me, it's kind of a shame we've got to wait so long for um, the next series. I mean, they're talking about autumn 2018 for it. Um, so that we're looking at at least six to eight months away. Yeah. And I, I've, I'm sort of a bit sad about that because I feel like, you know, now is where the momentum is. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I mean, I'm sure they'll be able to, I mean, cause there'll be loads and loads and loads of hype. You, you, you're going to be sick of this before, you know, the series <laughs> comes back. I yeah. guarantee you that because um, the BBC will put all of their hype powers to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like, you know, the momentum is now and people are buzzing to see Jodie. Yeah. right now mm-hmm. so it, it's it, it does feel like a shame we've got to wait so long yeah that's true 
Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see like where her first series goes. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's the thing. I've got no idea mm. because I don't. I mean, because obviously we've got a no sh- new showrunner as well. So for me, this feels like the transition period between 10 to 11 because obviously mm. rtd and all all of his kind of um his his team all went at the same time as well yeah the only piece of continuity that stayed was murray gold and we're not even getting that anymore no so it's gonna it's a whole new ball game now so mm. i just it, i couldn't tell you where it's gonna go i could, if if moffat was still in charge i could you know ballpark it but i <laughs> yeah. couldn't i can't even begin to guess and that's mm. exciting yeah I think I've even like read like some people speculate online that um, thirteen is probably going to be without the TARDIS for a few episodes. Yeah, I've be, seen that as well. That that actually might be interesting. I don't know whether that's the sort of thing they want to do, but well, I mean, something it... that I think ages and ages ago we both said the one thing they really haven't done mm-hmm. is one big long story arc, whole season mm. thing, right? So if we're looking at Chibnall and what he's done, I mean, most recently is Broadchurch, which is a whole big long continuous thread one series murder mystery this is very true so if he wanted to do something like that what if he's gonna go down the whole third doctor earthbound thing Mm. that she's stuck on earth for a while and you're gonna have some sort of through thread trying to find the tardis Mm -hmm. trying to find her way in the world and i mean they do the post-regeneration amnesia thing if they decide to do that then they Mm -hmm. can go down that road with it so maybe that's that's the angle for at least maybe the first few episodes Mm. That that would be just, sense. just just concentrate again, and it would make sense yeah. that why there's so bloody many companions since she's stuck on Earth. <laughs> Got a network, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we get unit back actually for a change. Well, it would make sense. I mean, you yeah. know. Well, I think it's isn't isn't Chibnall a bit of like a, a Pertwee fan? Well, I so, mean, yeah, I think yeah. so. So, I mean, maybe that's the angle he's going for. We're going to go Earthbound for a, a few episodes or maybe a whole series even. I mean, imagine that. Can't hurt, can it? I don't know how you'd sell that to the BBC, though. No, this is a mm. space show, but yes, she is stuck on Earth for all of it. <laughs> yeah, there just happens to be all these... Well, I mean, plenty of alien life forms visit Earth enough, so, you know, why yeah. not? <laughs> why not? Um, so, was there anything else you wanted to mention, or should we just wrap this up? I think we'll wrap this up here, shall we? Should we do okay. some, our final scores for Capaldi? Oh, this is so weird. Okay, um... Hmm. So I'm going five for me. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, because it's not it's not god awful. No. But it could have been so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Five. Which it's kind of a shame, really. But it's hard. It's. I feels like a bit of a downer to sort of end on yeah. with Capaldi's era in on that note. But yeah. Um. I. I. I think. I. I can't really put my hand on my heart and say it's any better than that. To be mm. honest. And to to be fair, a lot of the Christmas specials. Of past or in home, this but, weird place, yeah, yeah. They're not like anything particularly earth shattering, so yeah, it's probably going to be like middle of the pack. Maybe it might, might sort of get a slightly higher place because it's a regeneration episode, yeah. Um, but hey ho, it is what it is, so it is, thank yep. you very much for your service, Peter Capaldi. I'm sure we'll be talking to you about you a, a bit more, um. Before we finally let you I go, think, I think I think that's likely. To be yeah. honest, yeah, we got we got a lot of time to fill, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> so let us know your thoughts. Uh, you can email us at greatestshowatsimplysyndicated.com. 
tweet us at Greatest Show Pod, or you can visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Greatest Show Podcast. Please do check out our many sister shows on the network, and as always, we welcome your support. The best way you can help us out is by subscribing to Simply Everything, where a monthly fee of just £6 gives you access to a library of podcasts, not only from the network's archives, but also to shows that are exclusive to the service. We also have a merchandise store that offers apparel and accessories to both Europe and America. We also have a Patreon and you can donate to the network through PayPal, of which links to both are on the bottom of the website. So with that being said, thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. And until next time, take care and bye-bye.